Welcome to Great Match Generator. It's been a while. Holy mackerel. Yeah. Moves. That is grading papers and remodeling. It's just been a mess. Yeah, busy time, busy summer. Yeah, busy summer. But we finally got together to watch four great matches. I, mm -hmm. I, I thought this was a great assembly. So great yeah. lesson. Really great set of matches. Obviously, not quite the uh, drastic variety that we have sometimes, since we literally have two matches uh, featuring the same people. But uh, but overall, that's, I thought, how it, that's how it goes sometimes. It, it's random. It's random. So, but it was still um, a really really good set of matches. Really good set of matches. We have two Misawa Kawada matches mm -hmm. from from. Um, one from 93, 729-93, and one from from 98. Mm -hmm. And then it was the May 1st, 98 one, which Kawada finally got his win over Misawa. Yes. Then we have the uh, Toshi Kojima versus Denichiro Tenru from All Japan Pro Wrestling shortly after the exodus mm -hmm. of the Noah guys in July 17, 2002. We're coming up on the anniversary of that. And then Ray Mysterio Jr. versus Loki, JAPW, 11-14-2015. Normally go in date order, but I, I feel like saving the Salakawada for last would be like something we should do. Okay, so why don't we start with Loki versus Ray and we'll kind of. Yeah. Go backwards until we get to Misawa Kawada and then we'll do those in order because I think yeah we'll we'll do Misawa Kawada in order because yeah. it sort of makes sense within the story. Right. Uh, so we can start with Loki versus Ray then. Um this was an interesting match I thought I thought this was very technical at times and very basic but often well worked. Yeah, it's so it's a match that like this is the second time my second time seeing this match and I always like both times I felt like it's a match that 10 years earlier would have felt like an absolutely impossible dream match. Yeah. Um, and you get them both, you know, this is uh 2015 I believe. Um I didn't yeah. know, 2015. 2015 it's it's yeah. Both of them are still in great physical condition. Both of them can still go. Um, and so I didn't really know what to expect, but I knew it would be a lot of fun. And they wound up kind of working it a little bit like they leaned into it being an indie match, right? It, it's a very technical um, showcase. It's a chess match. I think the announcers even uh, discuss it as a chess match early in, in the the bout and I thought that was a really good analogy um, one that gets thrown around a lot but was really apt here uh, because you saw lots of reversals and it was very technical and things were right. um, you know low keys reversals of the 619 were a key part of the story and how he had that scouted um, so the first time he dips out of the way before Ray can uh, get the move. The second time he pulls the rope down and Ray flies through and then the third time he just kicks Ray uh, as he's coming around um, and, and Ray Mysterio never hits hits the 619 in the match which is um, kind of funny given how much they built around that spot and Loki's, the end. 
Kabluki's ability to avoid it. Um, did he hit it at the end? Yeah, he did. Oh, did he? I, I, I must have. I must have been jotting something down uh, and and missed it because I saw he finished with the frog splash. Um, but uh, at the end. But regardless, frog splash. Uh, okay, yeah, that that makes sense. I I, I vaguely. Which it paid off the three missed six one nines. Right, exactly. Which is why watching it, and when I like, you know, I guess I, I guess I literally just like turned away for that second and then looked back up. Uh, I, I was like, wow, it's, it's kind of weird that they didn't finish it with the 619 or do the 619 at the end, but um, makes a lot of sense. But regardless, I think it's a good match. You get Bray kicking out of the key crusher. Um, and then, you know, a thing that I really loved about that is he was selling the the sort of fatigue and his desperation to hang on to the match as, as Key was going to the top or going outside. Um, Ray just grabs his leg and like sort of desperately holds on to him to keep him from getting momentum after the key crusher. So lots of little details. These are definitely two great, great wrestlers. And I think it, I think it lived up to the hype and it's, it's not a flashy match, but it's a really, really good wrestling match that um, I think holds up really well over time. I think, I think the details, what really, this match over the top for me. It wasn't really, it wasn't really the the work. It was more of the details of like how they worked in everything together, how they worked in the leg work, how they worked in like like he trying trying to admit, trying to reverse six one nine, and I, I thought it was excellent. Yeah, yeah, I love this match and. Um... Yeah, I'm also a sucker for mask rips. And so you get like key ripping at the mask and like nearly pulling it all the way off at one point. Um, so they worked in a little bit of malice and a little bit of toothiness to this, you know, kind of ultimately kind of a show of respect chess match between the two. Um, and yeah, like you said, this is the, the devils are in the details here. It's, it's not a wild brawl. It's not this sort of like chaotic match, but it's a really nicely done detail oriented match. Yeah, I went for flat on it. Okay. Um, um, it, it's something I, I really like. Um, it's not the greatest thing I've ever seen, but uh, I really liked um, how a lot of the details were executed. Sure. Um, I went higher than that. I, I went uh, four and a quarter, and, and I could almost see this being a four and a half star Um affair if you were kind of in the right mindset for it i think it also probably just gets a little bit of a bump for me from like being this just thing that shouldn't have like doesn't look like it should happen it doesn't like it still feels like a dream match even though now you know like since you know probably 2014 or maybe even 13 lots of these matches have happened and there's been you know tons of things in wrestling that feel like impossible dreams or fire pro wrestling simulations uh come right. to life um it still feels weird and, it, and it's really cool like in a really cool way so um i give it four and a quarter easy and, and i think it's a i have a lot of time for matches that do good storytelling kind of in a vacuum right there's no big backstory to these two but they still tell a really solid physical um compelling narrative yeah right did like a tour in like 2015 in england like where you work Ricochet and Osprey, and I like those matches a little better. 
Okay. Yeah, that's sort of my high energy, high pace style. Okay. That makes sense. But nothing against this match. This match sure. Awesome. This match is great. Um, yeah. But Loki is not really like the highest, flashiest of wrestlers either. He's more of a top guy. Yeah. I mean, he's got, I mean, he's so brutal. And we've kind of got accustomed to the stiffness that Loki. Like his signature stuff early in the 2000s has just become like kind of commonplace. The stiff kicks, the way he grapples, he's got very informed grappling, works some shoot style stuff into his his matches is a lot more common now. Um, so it doesn't stand out a little bit as much as it used to. But uh, but I still have I just have a lot of time for that. And, you know, Loki was such a key part of getting me back into wrestling in the early 2000s. Um, that that I I really am drawn to that kind of thing whenever he's doing it um, when he's on right you know like I don't know right what's that this speaks to the age difference because I didn't grow up with Loki in the early 2000s I, I sort of got into the late 2000s early 2010s sure yeah but imagine I do have a lot of time for it and not uh, I didn't have a lot of time that's still freaking awesome. It's Satoshi Kojima Kenichiro Tenen. And boy, did these men just beat the living shit out of each other. Yeah. They sure and, did. And it makes you want to root for Kojima. I think this was a great babyface performance by Kojima. Yeah, I kind of noticed. So this is the first time watching this match for me, and I watched it this morning, actually, and I was... Um, at the very beginning, I was like, I was into the idea, right? Like, I like Kojima. I, I, I think I was like, used to be a little higher on Kojima than a lot of people. And obviously, Tenru is an all-time great. Um, so I, I was into the idea of it, but the start of the match was pretty physical, but it didn't really, like, grab me. Um, and then, like, maybe five to ten minutes in, you could hear the crowd really starting to, like, throw themselves behind Kojima and I couldn't help but do the same I couldn't help but really get invested in Kojima in this match and, and I think you're right really great babyface performance predicated on timing like so much good timing in this I just kept writing like you know a lot of it's really simple kind of physicality but I just kept writing the timing on this was great. The timing on that was great. Um, it was just so perfect. So to, similar to what I would have wrote if I was taking notes. It's sort of like the timing on this was phenomenal. Like the timing on like forearm spots and the like, chops and everything. It it just screams like like two smart pro wrestlers going in there and working a clinic on how to get a baby face out. Yeah, and how to build to a like sort of fever pitch. Um, you know, they're, they're clotheslining each other, they're elbowing, there's cutters, there's slams, but like, you know, again, by today's standards, there's not the moves with a Z, um, in this match, you have some dives and stuff like that, but there's not really like the high spots, but I just, everything builds and builds and builds and it's a match that sucks you in, um, and really makes you by the end of it, want Kojima to win so badly. Um, and then obviously, you know. He, he comes up a little short after the, the high stack power bomb. And um, you, it's, it's like, it's a letdown, but in the best way possible, you feel you're invested and that's what you really want uh, in wrestling. Yeah. And Tenru is just a perfect one. Yeah. He's a great 2000 Tenru. Yeah. 
like yeah. the Muto match and this match in particular, just why Tenru is so great. Yeah, Tenru is a is an all time great. He's a he's a wrestler that I think you know. There's quite a few people on this list, but I wouldn't bat an eye if somebody had him number one all time. I, I think he's he's earned that. He has the resume, um, and he's in that conversation rightfully. Just a he almost never lets you down. Like he's such a consistent performer and um, always brings something to the match. And he brought a lot to this match. He really brought kind of a, um, a hatred. I wrote early, like early in the match, even like in sort of maybe after the first quarter of it, especially like all of Kojima's offense felt like it was desperation. Like he was trying everything to, to, you know, scale this mountain that is Tenru and Tenru's offense when he was on top, felt like he was annoyed that he had to do work to beat Kojima. Right. right. Like he felt like he was just pissed off that he even had to be there still in this match. And that really puts over like Kojima's heart. It puts over like how bad he wants it. Um, and that's again, part of, part of what makes this a, a really good, um, a really good match. Yeah, I agree. I want four and a half. Yeah, I went, I went four and a half as well. Um, I would, I mean, I'd, I'd almost go four and three quarters. Yeah, if, I almost went there too. I almost went there. It, it, it was a match that really enthralled me. Yeah. Um, I think the, the thing for me was it kind of felt like right before the finish that they cooled off a little bit. Like there was like, everything was escalating, escalating, escalating. And then right before the finish, it was like, there was just a dip in the emotion and the, the pace and the urgency or whatever it might be. And I was, I was like, ah, I feel like this should have ended like a second ago. Um, yeah, that that that's why I felt like too, because I was talking about this greatest wrestler ever Discord, and somebody said, yeah, somebody, yeah, somebody said this match was the match where they sort of had like a lot of fin- a lot of uh, kickout sequence, and um, they finished it like like the power bomb was a little too late, and I was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it just could have come just a little earlier, um, and this is such a that's such a nitpicky thing to say, but uh, yeah, when a, when a match is built on timing and especially you know really pitch perfect kind of sequences and how you you build that energy, um, you got to nail it, nail it at the end. And I think there might have just been a, a slight, in hindsight, slight. Uh, overstaying there and and that's the difference you know that's the difference between what would be a four and a half a high-end four and a half star match to you know a, a four and three four star but regardless great match highly recommend um something that people should really what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co check out maybe Kojima's best performance um, and certainly another great line on Tenru's resume. Yeah, I, I think the one Kojima's best performance ever read. This is a great line. Yeah. Resume. Um, ah, this is fantastic. This is the wrestling that's right up my alley. Speaking of wrestling that's right up my alley, all Japan in the 90s. Yeah, right up most people's alley, really. Like, um, let's go to the 93 match first. Okay. I like this match a little more. 
of the two of the two uh same yeah i i prefer this one to the to the 98 match this felt more struggling yeah well i mean it's you know maybe we can even kind of talk about them a little bit simultaneously here because they're they exist on different in different places on a larger timeline right like yes. so this is before we get kind of peak Kawada versus Misawa, which we've actually kind of talked about already. Um, and it's early-ish in their rivalry. Um, they're, you know, you get your big strike exchanges, you get lots of back and forth, but Misawa is is kind of, he's, he's the ace. And so he's got a lot going on in this match. And, and then the later match in the 98 match, um, they kind of played Kawada as having all the answers, finally having all the right. answers. And so even though Misawa, it's not, certainly not like a squash match or anything, um, Misawa never really gets his feet underneath him in that match. He, he kind of, um, he's beaten to the punch just about every time. And even when he starts to make a comeback, Kawada is able to, to more or less, you know, cut off his momentum before he gets too much um and that's the story is that's what he finally had to do to beat misawa like he he'd come close before and lost it at the end he'd come close and uh misawa always comes back and, and in this one in the 98 match um he he finally kind of stays ahead of misawa enough to to get the win and it was great like the crowd erupted the, the they were the crowd did erupt at the end so excited i sort of felt it was a little anticlimactic away yeah i mean maybe again i just sort of like position it in this larger thing and you know that's what they'd already kind of gone to this well a bunch and misawa always had the answer at the end of the day and now you need you needed this to have kawada have finally have all the answers in the match right in this match you needed a dominant not necessarily dominant but like you needed a you needed him to be able to win the chess you needed a 70 30 type match yeah like where he needed to be able to do this for a sustained period of time to finally unseat misawa um and i think in some ways maybe they should have you know maybe it would have made for a better match if kawada would have won earlier but um you know we it is what it is and i think we it ultimately still one of the greatest rivalries of all time. Um, but that's, yeah, so that's the 90 years. The 93 match, I think, is is just awesome. Um, yeah, I think it's awesome. I think it's a little more broadly. Yeah. Which I liked a lot. Um, I thought I thought it was a lot more brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, with, like, like, the kicks and strikes. Um, and we, we can talk about the alternate. Um, um, and how how it sometimes is excessive, but but they do it in such a way where you think it's an epic thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they they weren't so excessive early in the '90s. I think most of the ex- excess uh, critiques of all Japan typically are, are aimed at those sort of later matches, which is ironic because I don't actually find the the 98 match particularly excessive i think it's actually no i don't find the 98 match that excessive honestly i didn't Uh think it was that excessive and i didn't think it was i i didn't think it was really 
that long of a finishing sequence either. No, but the the ninety three match is definitely snug, to put it mildly. It's yeah. oh, uh, yeah. It, you can feel it. They're really going at it here. Um, Misawa hits like just one of the most beautiful drop kicks uh, in early in the match. Uh, Those kind of noteworthy to me. Um, I think the kind of move of the matches really near the end. Um, Misawa hits Kawada with one of the meanest German suplexes I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah, that German. It's so mean. I mean, he looks like he is folded directly in half on his neck, and it is absolutely terrifying. Um, but, you know, especially when you see it from that first side angle, it's just, oh, just yikes. Um, and they had some really good, like, kickouts at the end. I'm, I, I'm also a sucker. Like, one of my favorite spots is when uh, a wrestler doesn't, like, fully do the kickout, but just barely lifts their shoulder off, up at the yeah, last I love, I love that, and Kawada did that. Match. Yeah, Kawada does that in this match. Um, and then you know, then you have Masawa like adjusting his pin, but by that time, you know, Kawada is able to to kick out, you know, it gives him enough time. Just little things like that are great storytelling devices, set things apart a little bit. And uh, and I really I really appreciated that. So I thought this was kind of your par for the course, great match between two of the greatest of all time clicking. Um, and the, the latter match, the 98 match is, is something a little bit different. It's a, it's kind of a, a curveball of a match between the two, but one that I think punctuates their, their rivalry. rivalry. I think it punctuates their rivalry very well. Yeah. I still gave it four and a quarter. Don't get me wrong. It's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I gave that the 98 match four and a quarter and I gave the 93 match four and a half. Yeah. Um, that's where I'm at too. That's where I'm at. They're exactly where I'm at. I mean, they have such a high floor. Like Kawada Misawa could like thumb wrestle for 20 minutes and it'd probably be a four-star match. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's they're just so good together. Um, I mean, I still personally think that that Kobashi and Misawa are a better pairing, but I just I mean I'm a major Kobashi mark. So um, but that's that's neither here nor there. This is these are two great matches um that really deliver what you are expecting from 90s all japan yeah how do you feel about sal's candidacy in um, gwe um i mean i will not be the high vote on him i mean there'll be people who have him like number one um yeah i'm not gonna be a high vote on him either he's in my top 20. yeah i i don't remember exactly where i have him on my kind of working list but it's probably in the top 30 at the lowest um I will, he will probably creep up that list a little bit. I think for me, the, the variance, the lack of variance in opponents in you know, like sort of high end matches is a thing that, um, you know, Kawada, I think Kawada and Misawa suffer a little bit from that. Whereas Kobashi, for example, who's my working number two has more great matches outside the pillars um than than the others in my personal opinion um but Masawa's a I mean he's a lock for my list he's he's easily one of the top he's maybe the greatest ace of all time um he's detail oriented he's athletic freak given his stature and apparently his smoking habits um you know, he's, he's he's incredible and and there's not taking anything away from Masawa 
Um, he, I just won't be the, the highest vote on him at all. I still have him third on the pillars, um, but still very high on that list. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, like, I just have Kobashi one, and I don't – I think the rest are just tied for a second to me. Like, because there are times yeah, when – Yeah, that, that's sort of my thing, too. I'm like, Kobashi is such, like, really, really um, – well, there, there are times when I prefer Kuwata, and there are times when I prefer Misawa, and there are times when I prefer Tawa, and like, it's it's a matter of my mood, it's a matter of the setting, um, so it's not really easy to to figure out which one of those three I like better. Probably Misawa. I mean, push comes to shove, Misawa was probably number two to me, but um, but yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong. It's they're they're brilliant. Uh, there's a reason everybody loves '90s All Japan. There's a reason it's often considered the greatest wrestling ever you know it's it's not it's not just uh it's not a fluke no it's not it's storytelling like this it's it's people going hard it's people putting effort into the little things too it's a combination of their immense physicality yes and their storytelling and like the the detail from like match to match right like sort of this worked in this match so that informs the next match and um and that informs the next match after that and so on yeah it's just i i i just feel like i feel like 90s all japan was like the peak, like one of the peak things of my interest in wrestling and oh sure going, going into noah and stuff like that and Sort of what saved my wrestling interest. Yeah. Along with the current New Japan product. It's fantastic stuff. And, and, and you know, it's if, if you happen to be listening to this and you've not watched 90s All Japan, just just go start watching 90s All Japan. Just, just go start setting out. The, you know, they're long. There's long matches. And I know it's not everybody's favorite thing right now. But, um, but you know, it's, it's must-watch wrestling. It is. But next week, we do have some 90s old matches from 93. We have Misawa and Kobashi versus Kawada and Tawe. Okay. From 12-3-93. And we have, finally, Rick Rude versus Ricky Steamboat from Beach Blast. Not yeah. Beach Blast. Yes. And then we have Bob Backlund versus Greg Valentine. WWF, 11-23-81. Okay. And then we have um, Vader versus Dan Hansen. All right. From New Japan 2-10-90. Another good lineup. Another good lineup. And then two weeks from now, two, two episodes from now, we have CM Punk versus March Henry. WWE 4-2-20. 2012, Kate Kintai DX versus Sasuke, Hamada, Nainua, Yakazuji, and Dolphin from Michinoku Pro, Jack Briscoe versus Jumbo Saruda, and Yuji Nagata versus Kensuke Sasaki. So that's some stuff we are looking forward to. Yep, absolutely. Sounds sounds like yeah i mean all these are good because they're the matches that have been nominated for the greatest match ever but um but yeah always good stuff 
always good stuff. Um, yeah, I, I and also check out Greatest Wrestle Ever. The Discord is up. The forums are up on Pro Wrestling Only. Greatest Wrestle Ever is up now on there. So we do watch parties on Saturdays. It's a lot of fun. Nice. So yeah, those conversations have been uh, been fun so far. I haven't joined a watch party yet, but at some point I will. Um, yeah. But plug a chug chug. Cool. So yeah, as always at Mark Out Mountain on the Twitter machine, um, and then uh, come check out uh, the greatest match ever project over at uh, GWE Projects, as in Greatest Wrestling Ever Projects at free for, or dot freeforums.net um we've uh we're we're sort of getting some conversations started back up over there we were kind of in a lull i think a little bit while um while greatest wrestler ever uh relaunched for the next you know for the the 20 uh 2026 2026 project uh so long um and uh and i think we're gonna start gearing back up because the ballots are gonna be due in november this year november it's gonna be good I'm going to get my list together. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, it's We're going to do a list show. We're going to do a list show. Good, okay. All right, yeah. Always, that's that's such a fun project, and it's uh, it's always fun to watch, you know, it's fun to watch all kinds of wrestling, but, you know, the greatest stuff ever never disappoints you. You know what I finally watched? What's that? Pandori versus Hokuto. Oh, did you find, you finally, you hadn't watched that yet? Steven showed it to me. Yeah. Because we were watching a bunch of Hokuto. Yeah. And holy, I can't wait till we get to it on this, but. Yeah, it's the greatest, it's the greatest match of all time. <laughs> Brad says this is the greatest match of all time. It's one of the greatest matches of all time, in my opinion. It's in the top 10 for me. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a banger. Uh, so let's talk about it sometime, but. Yes, but, but for DJD Kooks and Matt. You're listening to Great Great Match Generator on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.